Welcome to the Amiga Ireland podcast. It's the 2nd of August and I'm Irla. I'm Rob. And I'm Luke. We've got some news, gaming news, discoveries and uh, community news and events to talk about and some music to cover. So um, before we get stuck in, how are you doing, lads? Oh, not too bad. Thank you very much. I've recently managed to get an Amiga 1010 disk drive. I've always wanted to have one, to be honest. It's the, it's the classic one that, uh, that, uh, looks really nice with Amiga 1000. Uh, and, uh, it's, it has arrived to me from Australia, actually. So, uh, it's a bit yellowish, but, uh, I think I can, I can rate for bright it a bit so that, uh, it looks a bit, a bit better. But still, the technical, the technical side is just, uh, Perfect. After, you know, like, uh, I don't know, it was produced in 1985 or 6, still works perfect. No problems whatsoever. Formats discs, reads discs. Brilliant. Lovely. How's yourself, Rob? I'm all right. Um, the uh, wife and kids are still away for another couple of days, so in- enjoying, you know, <laughs> a bit of, bit of peace and quiet to myself here. But I was in Ireland there a couple of weeks ago uh yeah, with with them, yeah, for the week. So that was that was nice, a, a bit busy. I also got to operate on an Amiga One Thousand for the first time. So I've never actually popped the cover off a One Thousand, um, and that was yeah, that was very interesting. Um, I think that's the same, or that came from the same place as your disk drive. Uh, it also got shipped from Australia, and I think the same guy was selling off all his bits. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's the one. This is the One Thousand. Uh, all working fine as well. All also very yellow, but uh, that has been retrobrighted and actually looks really well. Well, it's it is hot in Australia, I must say, and a lot of sun. So there you go. That's the <laughs> outcome. <laughs> it's perfect, perfectly normal. But um, yeah, yeah. So this this machine now has a you know one of these uh, faster sixty eight k accelerators in it, and it's got a compact flash in it. It's eight megs of RAM, so it's it's doing quite well for itself actually as a. As a one thousand goes, oh, it's got you know Kickstart three point one in it, and it's as as a one thousand goes, it's an impressive little machine. Yeah, it is. I think there must always be an Amiga peripheral in transit around the globe at any given moment. I'd imagine there is. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, it just happened that all this stuff came up in Australia, and all of it got shipped to this end of the world. That's just how it works out. So, is that somebody else to come to the Amiga Ireland event in January? Uh, I've I've been trying, but would you believe it? It, it that's it's uh, it's Graham, so I'll give a shout out to him. But uh, it's his wife's birthday that same weekend, so um, uh, yeah, th- and that's what that's that's why he didn't come last year either. Unfortunately, that's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get away with that, <laughs> Graham. I I understand. Uh, if you want um, help making a good excuse for your wife, just send us an email. We'll sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Masters of excuses. Yeah. <laughs> She'd uh, she might forgive you when you come home with some really cool um ami- old Amiga books and manuals and stuff. Oh, I'm sure that would change your mind all right. <laughs> Put it all in perspective, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, um I just finished college today, I'm pretty sure, as long as my um submission gets accepted, so um it's Excellent. just a couple hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations, thank, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I've been thinking about what how my life is going to change now when I when I've finished college, and I actually can't remember what it was I was going to do. Or you know, <laughs> um, my head is still stuck in like I've been stuck in these certain apps on the computer. So um, I'm looking forward to clearing the desk and uh, setting the Amiga back up again, and maybe the Commodore 64 as well. So one thing is for sure, for sure uh, you will have MA in front of your name. 
Alright, let's move on to the news. Okay, so first up, the uh, living legend that is John Hurtle has uh, reverse engineered the Amiga 1200 motherboard. So he's been working on this a little while. Now has all the files and schematics that you need to uh, reproduce an Amiga 1200 motherboard. So he's ordered the first batch and has basically assembled his first one. Hasn't quite worked, a couple of little bugs to work out, but uh, very, very close to having a full replacement motherboard. Uh, now, obviously not the custom chips, but uh, you know the board itself. For anyone who wants to, you know, a, a nice project or uh, needs a replacement because their board has been eaten by capacitor leak, or just because they wanted it in a different color, because uh, the the version he got is uh, is black, black with sort of gold trim on it, and it looks fantastic. That's an incredible amount of work. If you've one of those transparent Amiga twelve hundred cases, then that would be perfect for it, wouldn't oh, it? Oh yeah, and actually, he's, he's he also added he made some minor modifications to it, and he's also added a couple of uh, status LEDs to the board itself, so you can have some nice flashy LEDs inside it for your for your transparent cases. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be fantastic to see that when it's finished. That is very interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it'll affect the prices. Um, well, boards like that are never going to be cheap because um, in small volumes, because of the sheer size of it, you know, if, if producing a, a circuit board like that is basically charged by the square inch. And um, when it gets up to that size, they just, you know, they, they cost a fair amount unless you're ordering hundreds of them. And you're not going to order hundreds of those. So, uh, you know, because they just simply aren't the custom chips go on them. So, you know, it'll be small, limited volume stuff and it won't, it'll be expensive in itself. So I can't imagine it'll have much of an effect on actual on the 1200 market, unfortunately, because they're, yeah. they're quite pricey at the moment. A company called um, Rustboard has recently released KA21 Gale PCMCIA fix. Um, it is a hardware solution for Gale PCMCA reset bug. Um, the thing is that uh, the Gale chip in Amiga 1200 does not reset PCMCIA card during system reset. For example, some cards are not working after such event until the Amiga is power cycled. This little device called uh, KA21 generates that forced signal, generates that forced uh, high pulse, um, and... Uh, uh, the device uh, uh, is installed directly on the Gale chip, and thanks to that uh, solution, you won't you won't have to actually use any like uh, software um, patches like card patch or card reset. So uh, everything's been uh, everything's going to be done automatically, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah makes life a bit easier. Uh, John Herdl said as well that he's going to implement that uh, PCMCIA fix on his motherboard as well. There have been sort of fixes around for a while and sometimes integrated into other hardware, but it's uh, it's a nice little board that they have because it also has a couple of extra headers on it, like for, for a reset button and yeah. for, you know, the clock port multipliers. And, That's right. And that, so it's got some address lines that are broken out on it. It's Yeah, it's a neat, neat little solution for... Uh, for you know customizing 1200s and yeah and you know a lot of people as well would almost permanently leave a card in there like a network card in in the slot so it's good it's, it's good to have the hardware fix 
Yeah, it's not only for, you know, like a network cut, but also, you know, like a, a PCMCAA, uh, SD readers or oh, yeah, PCMCAA yeah, anything, yeah. CF cards. So it's, it saves a bit of a hassle, you know, like you yeah. do it once and then you just forget it. Done. Sorted. Works. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff, indeed. If anyone's familiar with QEMU or QEMU, it's a multi-machine emulator, as in it, it, it can basically emulate all, all sorts of different uh, machines and architectures. It, it has a, a PowerPC core for it. I think maybe a year ago or so, uh, someone started adding support to it for emulating the SAM 460 board. Now, this is very interesting because that board has um, both uh, Amiga OS 4 and Morph OS running on it. Uh, and it, it means that it's basically, as, until now, the only way to run uh, OS 4.1 on a PC under emulation was to use the classic version in WinUAE, which is has its limitations, which is fine, but has limitations. And MorphOS didn't run at all. So this is this is great now to be able to use the sort of the full strength version of 4.1 and MorphOS on a PC. Now it's still it's still early days, so it's it's still only uh only just booting and has, has some issues to be worked out, but uh it's showing some excellent progress. That's great. Uh, QEMU will work on Linux and Mac too, won't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's all over the place. It's, it's an open source package and yeah, it's available for basically everything you can think of, really. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great news. I've been dying to um, emulate some other systems, like try them out because, you know, just to, you know, you could set up a nice system for yourself and if you're really happy with it, then buy the hardware if you feel like yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in other hardware news, the HC five double three turbo board has been released. Uh, this is a thirty three megahertz um, device with eight megabytes of fast RAM on board. So this is for the Amiga five hundred. It's from Archie Tech um, with cooperation from Luxor. So this allows uh, booting from IDE as well with Kickstart one point three, and it's available on AmiBay. And I'm told this seller has a good reputation. Yeah, this has uh, generated a fair bit of interest recently because it's it's um, yeah, it's a nice little board for the five hundred. And as far as I know, it, actually, I think maybe that was the board that was in the one thousand. But yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's quite popular, and as soon as uh, it shows up in the store, stores, it's sold out almost straight away, which is a good sign. Yeah, the good thing is uh, also it uh, allows to it allows to boot into Kickstart 1.3, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often. You know, if it comes to uh, turbo boards for Amiga 500 or 500 plus, or if, even you know, like 2000, because most of them require you know like uh, at least Kickstart 2.04. Yeah, and thanks to uh, Octopussy, as far as I remember, on board. Uh, of this board, um, it is possible actually to boot into Kickstart 1.3 for nostalgia reasons, for example, because you mm-hmm. like 1.3. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty decent board, I must say. Right, um, Apollo Core Gold 2.10 and new Saga graphics drivers has been, have been released by the Apollo team. These are mainly, you know, like, uh, uh, bug fixes and uh, updates and upgrades, but still showing uh, progress and showing good good results and uh, showing that the Apollo team is uh, doing really good job regarding their um, accelerators and uh, software for those accelerators. Uh, but I'm looking forward to standalone model as well, because I'm just curious about that. What do you think, guys? Yeah, definitely. That'll be uh, you know a, a, a nice little, or it'll make for a nice little machine. 
mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to bring around once 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 that's out and about. Um, yeah, no, it, it, great to see the progress there, and you know, there's a lot of work gone into it, um, and a lot of yeah. people involved as well. Yeah, yeah. Only in the last day or two, there's a guy on EAB called Daniel J who has who's basically designed a Wi-Fi modem. Now, you know, there are a few solutions for this around already, but uh, yeah, this is a nice. Uh, it's an open source project, and so he has all the files online there for anyone who wants to make their own circuit board and and use the software, you know, and connect basically any machine to the internet through a serial port. This is if open source hardware, right? Do they do they plan to mm-hmm. actually build these or just sort of make the plans sort of like Terrible Fire does? You know, you can go to um, Dirty PCBs. I think it's a this it's the same idea as that. I think he's making a couple himself, but he's not actually going to uh, you know be manufacturing them as such. So it's yeah. basically up to someone else to go and make make a batch of them, and then we'll probably sell them in. You know, you see small runs cropping up here and there. Brilliant. Okay, let's move on to the gaming section. A developer called A-Rock has released another game and he great updates those games. The game is called Area 88 and Squadron SE. It's a great shoot-em-up with great graphics and great music and uh, A-Rock has been doing you know, like a great job for the past at least in like five six years um i've been told that he's also responsible for the uh recent release of a game called worthy so uh worthy to check hey <laughs> see what you did there we've talked about a rock before last time yeah. yeah we talked about him last time and i was pretty impressed by his work in general yeah now he's uh Quite prolific recently with uh, you know modifying games and uh, uh, yeah and these 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 releases is a uh, great and they are very polished that's the yeah, thing absolutely yeah I've been following somebody on Twitter called Sarah Jane Avery and um, she's been working on this game for the Commodore sixty four it's a role playing game called the Brilly Witch Chronicles or the Briley Witch Chronicles and it's really interesting following these because she gives uh, very incremental updates about what she's doing what kind of changes she's making you know to the software and the graphics and you get to see the whole thing coming together it's really fascinating but what I only found out today was that it's actually based on a series of books which she also wrote herself what? <laughs> yeah it's amazing there's a series of it's uh, interesting yeah it's seven or nine books and uh, the reviews are really good actually and um the the main characters are female and the people reviewing the books there's a very deep immersive uh world there to explore between the books and the games uh so fair play to you sarah jane um it looks like a really really good game i've been following her on twitter as well to be honest you know i was pretty you know like uh, astounded that you know like actually a, a female developer that doesn't happen very often you know in the in the male-dominated world of computers, but the game itself looks pretty cute, and I look forward to its release. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen anything about this at all, but I'll, I'll definitely check it out. But um, you just sort of thinking, you know, some people have all the talent, you know. <laughs> a girl and a cat. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Um. Uh, okay, so highway sprint. Is a, a game that's been uh, actually is this released now or is it? I, I saw this was in the works. I haven't. I didn't realize it was actually released. Uh, it is in the works. I think it's build three number three. Yeah. It looks it looks very very nice. It's uh, so basically it's a 
in kind of a, a, a bump and run kind of kind of game, you know, sort of vertical scrolling car game essentially. And it's uh, it looks looks really nice, little cute graphics, and it looks looks like it's a lot of fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that when it's uh, when it's on when it's out. It's it's been developed by the same team um, that released uh, Tanks Fury. Ah, so uh, yeah, very good. So yeah, so you know yeah. you know what to expect. You ex- yeah, you know, you know what to expect. It's gonna, yeah, it's 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 going to be polished probably and uh, and uh, high playability. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that one yeah. as well. It really looks good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, another one is Wonder Girl uh, in Monster Palace. Uh, it's a game released by uh, 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 it's a game in work in progress actually game, uh, and it's been uh, it's been worked on by by Moya Jackie. Um, she's well mm-hmm. known in uh, in the Amiga community. The game looks absolutely, in my opinion, fantastic. It's 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 a bit of a you know like a drawback for me that it's actually been worked on you know like a a backbone actually so the requirements are going to be probably a a, a bit a bit uh, bigger so probably mm-hmm. at least o twenty or maybe even o thirty as backbone is uh, resource hungry. However, yep. the game itself looks very stylish, very very pol- uh, po- polished, and uh, very very nice, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, fingers crossed for this one, and I'm really hoping that maybe one day it'll be possible to, you know, like to move it from Backbone to actually Assembler, so the the game or would like work even better and look even better as well. Yeah. Um, during the last Amiga Ireland event, um, Ms. Mad Lemon was showing my girl um, some games like Crazy Sue and stuff that had female lead characters, you know. Uh, she absolutely loved them, you know, loved playing them. So this is another one with a, a really cute, uh, well-designed game with a female character. AI Bot is um, it's an educational game to let you learn the basics of programming through play. So this is um, a, a game where you have to uh, use available commands a limited set of you know several commands to program a robot to achieve a goal you might have come across this kind of design idea before if you've seen something like um scratch for linux for teaching kids how to program where you is usually a little robot or a little turtle and you tell it you know you you line up all the instructions you know go forward two paces turn left 90 degrees go forward all that kind of stuff um, it looks really good, it, like as in the graphics are really good um, and it does the job. So if you wanted to introduce somebody to the basics of programming or even just tinker around with it for fun yourself, um, that is available on Aminet now. Very good. And last last one for today is Elfie the Unicorn. And this is a, 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 it's another game with some gorgeous graphics. It's a very, very cute little uh, cartoony platformer and it... it to me, you know, just just look at it. it looks a little bit uh, Rainbow Islands colors wise, you know, the bright colors and the and that. But it, but it, yeah, it's it it looks really really cute and really really nice. Um, I haven't actually tried it yet, but uh, it's, it's something I will do. But um, yeah, if you look at the videos online, you see it's just ah, it looks fantastic. It does, and yeah. That's uh, another one my daughter would love would love actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of a lot of work, and it's great to see that a lot of work gone into the. The um, the artistic side, or the, the you know the, the the pixel art sides of these games, it's brilliant. I've noticed recently, in general, that uh, a lot of game and it's you know like a uh, um, quality 
has increased, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because like these games took, you know, back in the day, took massive teams and big budgets to get a good game together. Uh, it seemed anyway. So like the fact that we're still getting decent releases now is kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Okay, let's go on to discoveries. Tomseditor.com is a website with beautiful pixelated pictures from different le- retro platforms uh, from Amiga, Atari ST, STE, uh, Amstrad, Commodore, and there are loads of pictures from games, from um, demo scene. So I really enjoy anyone who's you know like who likes uh, pixelated graphics to go down there and have a look and enjoy themselves. Oh, that's a nice one, yeah. Yeah, some great really images. nice. And you can filter by platform, you know, it's Commodore yeah. 64, Amiga. Yeah. Ah, oh, fantastic. Therefore, I thought, like, it's it's really worth mentioning, because I really like pixelated art. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banjo Guy Ali has done a cover of Lotus 2 intro theme, and it's brilliant. Um, he released it earlier this year, actually, but I'm only after spotting it now. Um, I'm a bit oversubscribed on Twitter, so sometimes things pass me by. Um, so I was looking around for some Amiga music today and I spotted that um, really really good job yeah so the link is there in the show notes if you want to check it out and if you want to support Banjo Guy Ali he's got a Patreon channel excellent stuff yeah, another another thing to add to the list of uh, <laughs> things to look at after this yeah we were talking about him earlier but Eric is uh, Eric Hogan is his actual name uh, he has a page that on, on his website where he has it's, it's basically just uh Patches, patched and up, updated versions of uh, Amiga games, and there's, there's you know it's just some you know interesting you know little things. There's a few games there with fixes or or with sort of updated graphics and things like that. It's you know if you if you're familiar with this work, you'll know you know what to expect there. But it's you know it's nice ni- nice to have them there and a nice little list. Cool, and. Um, I don't know how I came across this, but um, one game that I'm very fond of, I think it could be the first computer game I ever played, was Jetpack on the Spectrum, the ZX Spectrum. And um, I just checked online on the off chance it was ported to the Commodore 64 or the Amiga, and it's actually been ported to the Commodore 64, and there's a .d64 image available online. Um, so that's pretty cool. So I, I ran that, and it's it's clunkier than on the Spectrum ZX, you know, it doesn't handle as well. It doesn't look quite as nice. But, um, yeah, it's there anyway. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's time for community news and events. So Norwich Amiga Group are having a meeting in the UK and the link to their group page on Facebook is here. Um, I'm not sure what the dates are on that actually, Luke. Would you know that? Uh, that's the 16th of August uh-huh. and uh, the meeting starts around 4 o'clock. So if you're around Norwich, you're invited. Right, um, next one is um, Ami Party and it's the 23rd incarnation of this uh, demo scene uh, party. It takes place in Poland, the home 
uh, Eastern Poland, uh, the party itself uh, lasts for three days, starts on Friday, ends on Sunday, and it starts on the 17th of August. And so if you're in Poland, I really, really encourage you to visit this party. You won't regret it, for sure. Very good. Now, there's a bit of competition for that because the very same weekend, there's a, the Eirak demo scene party in Hungary. And this, you're going to have to forgive the pronunciation here. It's uh, Aika or Ajka. I don't know, I'm afraid. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, happening there from the 17th to the 19th of August. It's the biggest uh, Commodore Amiga party in Hungary, as far as I remember. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's one of, one of the big ones because I know that I recognize yeah. the name, all right. But um, yeah, I've, you know, never, never been there. I'd never even been to Hungary, unfortunately. Um, but I will at some point, I'm sure. I think a Playavelli. Am I wrong? Is Playavelli based there? The Swiss guy. I don't know. I thought he was German. Oh, you're right. He is. Yeah, yeah. But might right. be. I might be wrong. But uh, I think he's German. To be honest, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I don't know where I got that from. I, I think maybe they ran an event <laughs> somewhere in um, a Swiss event somewhere in Hungary, yes, maybe in Budapest. There was. I think last year. I think they had the sensible days there. That might be the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and our last last event, and this one's very short notice if you're only getting this now, but um, uh, on this coming Saturday, if you're listening on, on the release day, uh, the Scottish Amiga users are meeting in Glasgow. So that's the 4th of August. So if you're listening after that, then too late. But uh, yeah, so we're uh, ready to go meeting up there. The details in the Scottish Amiga user group Facebook page. Okay, well... Um yeah, hi to the uh, Norwich Amiga group and the Scottish Amiga group and best of luck with your Thank meetings. you, thank you. Cheers. I hope you put up more photos this time, by the way, because I think uh, I've we only will. seen one photo. <laughs> Which photo? <laughs> Hopefully you were too busy having fun. <laughs> that's that's what often happens, you know, it's it's you, you kind of stand in there and if there's a you know particularly tense, sensible soccer match going on or something like that, you know, no one's taking photographs, everyone's like shouting and spilling beer onto people and <laughs> that's chatting, yeah. That's it. Okay, let's move on to Ask Amiga. Okay, so uh this is a question regarding RAM and Amigas that was on the Retro Computing Stack Exchange site. The user is asking what limits Amiga 680300040060 accelerators to 256 megabytes of RAM. Now, that's not that's not the whole story because in fact these the Zero 03 Amigas, the 3000 and 4000 are actually limited to 128 megabytes on the accelerator. Even though, you know, the architecture, you know, you know this it's a fully 32-bit machine, so in theory it has access to 4 gigabytes. There's no real reason for the 256 megabyte limit other than practicality. So really it's sort of, you know, at, at the time these accelerators were being made, you know, machines are still being sold with 2 megabytes of RAM in them or 4 megabytes of RAM in them. So to actually use 256 megabytes of RAM when, you know, you had to find 228 megabyte SIMs, which were pretty rare and extremely expensive it was probably sort of a, a practical limit especially in the 1200 which um you know you're not going to physically fit any more sims in there so that that that's purely the limiting factor but architecturally you've got um uh, you've got you don't have the full four gigabytes for for a, a few reasons but mainly because um it, it uses sort of an extra bit for error detection or you know or signed addresses and th- things like that so you effectively have a two two gigabyte map and about 1.5 gigabytes of that could potentially be used for ram so so 256 megabytes 
is a pretty decent chunk to be fitting in, like the, the likes of an Amiga twelve hundred or two thousand. Um, but the extra problem on the three thousand and four thousand comes from the actual design of the motherboard itself, where basically the memory map has allocated one hundred twenty eight megabytes for CPU local RAM. That's accessed using um, the address decoding on the motherboard, which tells the accelerator board that this RAM is being used. So what happens there is, or the reason for that is because you've got full DMA on the on the motherboard, that means that a Zorro card could in theory write to the fast RAM on the accelerator board or any other hardware can write to the fast RAM on the accelerator board. And to do that, it has to be able to signal to the accelerator that it needs it. So that's that's it. So there's a line there and it, and it basically decodes up to 128 megabytes of RAM. So it's immensely complicated to get around that and just wasn't worth it i presume at the time but you know you can't you can go beyond that by using zero three boards and there are 256 megabyte zero three boards so you can add a couple of them and get your machine up to 700 odd uh, megabytes of ram if you want you know let's face it plenty <laughs> but yeah so it, the, the theoretical limit is about 1.5 gigs or close to 2 gigs maybe but uh practically you're kind of limited by the accelerator ram to 256 megs or 128 megs in the 3000, 4000 plus whatever you can fit on the Zero 3 bus. Okay, so you won't be running Electron apps? No, <laughs> no, no, I think, um, yeah, to be honest, with the RAM speed on these things, if you, if even just to access two gigabytes of RAM with a, with a 68K processor is going to take you, you know, plenty of time. So you know, it's really, uh, it's really sort of a more just because you can kind of, badge of honor to, to fit that much RAM. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for that, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only time I learn anything in, in the month. <laughs> 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 right, so um, online, um, what's happening at the moment um, on the Amiga Ireland Twitter um, Twitter, Twitter channel account, um, our top tweet this month is actually uh, our podcast one, our last episode, stupid. Well, the one before the interviews. So stupid, sexy floppies um, was the most viewed and shared uh, tweet. And on Facebook, we've got some new members in the group. So um, hi to Arthur Van Dam, Michael Collins, Jan Halholm, um, Stephen Deborah Dowden. I think he got you last time as well, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of activity, the most popular post was by Seamus Doyle. He put a post up about hard driving too, as well as Stunt Car Racer, asking people which one they prefer and why. And uh, there was a lot of discussion under that one. And it looks like Stunt Car Racer is almost the unanimous <laughs> winner of that. Actually, it is the, yeah. yeah, everybody went for Stunt Car Racer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say so not 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 exactly a surprise, but good, yeah, good, yeah, yeah, good, good discussions though. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mm-hmm. Seamus. Absolutely. So that's it for this month, I think. Music was by Virtual Dimensions and Banjo Guy Ali, as always. This month we're going to play out with a song by Elman that he entered in a competition called uh, the Non-Standard Time Signature Competition 2018, which was held at uh, the Commodore 64 Scene Database. So there were uh, the criteria for this were that the song couldn't use 4-4 or 3-4 time signatures. So it had to be a bit different to what we normally hear uh, in pop music. 
Um, and this song was called is called Mono Fail and came first. So congratulations on that, El Man. Well, uh, this guy actually creates music for C64, and uh, all of his songs and his music are just absolutely amazing. They just they just don't sound as if they were you know like created on C64. They sound so amazing, and you think it's just ridiculous. It's just impossible that uh, something like that could be created on an, on you know like a chip that's actually like. Uh, 35 uh, 35 years old so uh, uh just 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 he's he's just a master for me if it comes to creating um, music for C64 and thanks for giving us your permission to use it um so we're going to play out with that and we'll see you in a month's time so goodbye bye-bye bye-bye
You know what I find equally amazing? What's that? Uh, you've got shelves there with nothing on them. I can't imagine such a situation in this house. <laughs> same as me. <laughs> oh, yeah, the same top shelves. Every, same as me, every, yeah. Every square inch of flat surface is covered. <laughs> yeah.